Welcome to Tales, Tunes, and Tom Fullery, starring Jerry Springer, along with Gene Galvin and me. I'm Megan Hills. We're recorded live in front of a brilliant studio audience at the Folk School Coffee Parlor in Ludlow, Kentucky. My daddy came And here he is, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Jerry Norman Springer. Gerald, Gerald, Gerald. Doesn't have the same ring. <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't. It's weird. No, you can't go. Yeah, you're right. It's. I, I still it. think it should be mayor. We should call you mayor. mayor. They oh, do that with Giuliani sure. all the time. Yeah, why do they still call him mayor? Well, because that's what you do. You call, we have Mayor Waits in the audience. We well, should mayor, mayor, mayor. There you Ludlow, go. Kentucky, and we call him mayor. So you keep this title you all the time? I think you right. can. Yeah. Yep. Wouldn't it be great in the middle of, of, in the middle of my show, okay, they're... They're rolling around grabbing each other's wigs, and suddenly one of them looks up and says, Sorry, Mayor. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Mr. Mayor. That'll be good. Yeah, it works hey, perfectly. Uh, speaking of your show, uh, I got a <laughs> copy of a CD, yeah. and uh-huh. we've talked about this before. You, oh. We played a cut from a CD. Uh, There's no trash in my trailer, I think, was yes. a song that you oh, recorded. That, a true that, classic. Yeah, that really true classic. Truly. That recorded climbed up the charts like nothing. I know. <laughs> like nothing. That's correct. <laughs> and recorded in Nashville, Tennessee, the, the yeah. home of Joe Fletcher, who's going to be uh, with us mm-hmm. a little bit oh, later okay. in the podcast to perform. And Jerry is going to talk about, in light of the recent election of President Donald Trump, President-elect, I should say, oh. Jerry's going to talk about the, uh, what he sees in the future with that presidency. Before we do that, though, I want to ask David Proust from Ambient Studios, our technical producer, if he wouldn't mind playing a just a snip of this uh, song we unearthed. I found what? it in, uh, I can't remember, a what? time capsule or something. But play that little snippet. But that, that isn't you, necessary. Sure. No, it's not. Wait, here you go. This is Jerry's friend. The kids are falling, creditors calling. When did life become this curse? The car won't run, your days seem done. But things ever get any worse. But then there's Oprah, Bill, and Sally, and Jerry Springer, too. A little dose of a talk show host, you won't seem quite as blue. This is called Dr. Talk. that's the worst <laughs> part of it, yeah, it's, where uh, madams are sometimes First served. Madonna did it. You'll quit finding things that would be worse, those calamities. Yeah, turn, right, that turn that off. Turn that off. Jerry Springer, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. It's unbelievable. You know, the fact is, and Megan, I'm going to render an opinion. I want you to give a sincere answer. <laughs> you I know think, I have problems with that. So. No, I think he can sing. I think he pulls oh, out. I think that's an opinion. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that you have one there. Yeah, I'm yeah. just being a sink yeah. a fin or a suck up, but I actually yeah. think I mean, that sounds pretty good. Technically, oh, he opens his mouth and he technically sings. No, that, <laughs> yes, you are no, correct. They have machines now. What are they called? Auto tune. Is that what it is? Yeah. They bring if you you're within, if you're within a note or note and a half, yeah. they literally, and, and a lot of the big name singers, seriously, when they're in concert, when they're in the studio, they're fine, but when they're in concert, you can kind of get a little off key just because there's so much else going on around that they use these, you said it's called? Auto-tune. Or, they or, use it in the studio too. Oh, that literally brings you so you're never off key. Yep. Megan, would you be willing to join me in a, <laughs> applauding him for being within a note to a note and a half of the note? I can't, yeah. I can't say that I can do that, Chair. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, Chair. Yeah, but thanks for the sincere answer. <laughs> yeah. You asked for an honest yeah. answer. Yeah, I did. I did. Oh. That was my mistake. Yeah. 
Hey, speaking of Megan, speaking of you, Megan. Yes, Megan. We have observed that you are. We have observed that you are in, and, and we're proud of. We're happy for you. Not proud of you. We're happy for you <laughs> that you are in a a deep relationship. A, we believe, and this is just Uncle Jerry and Uncle Gene. Uh-huh. We know it's the creepiest you thing are about today. to get married. <laughs> To, we're getting okay. All right, fair enough. <laughs> and, you think? In you shut down all your social dating accounts. It's all gone. Actually, that's true. Yeah, I'm not on any social. Wait, wait, wait does the guy know about it? I, I don't think he does. <laughs> yeah. I didn't, this just I mean, in. He knows, that, he knows that we're. Hey, congratulations! You're engaged. <laughs> he knows that we've gone on dates. I don't yeah. think he knows that we're engaged. So that'll. Yeah. Be well, what fine. does he think is going on here? <laughs> I. Gene, it's <laughs> yeah. generally not like third, fourth date conversation. Like, so right? when do you want to get married? Yeah, 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 yeah. Happen? yeah. yeah. No. Okay, here's what we're thinking. Oh, me, and Jerry, me and Jerry are thinking that you're going to have a wedding and Jerry's going to pay for it. Which what? You're, okay, well, I'm oh, cool yeah. with that. I, mean, I can't. Oh, yeah. I gave it to Hillary. <laughs> yeah. Well, right. I don't have any money left. But for the hell. No, but no. <laughs> no. And, and we want, yeah. uh, I don't know how many people you think is on, will be on your invite list. Four, but we, five. <laughs> no, well, we're talking. I think with Jerry, with Jerry Springer, I've been to some wedding. I've been to a wedding that Jerry had paid for. His daughters. There daughter, were yeah, thousands yeah. of people there. Okay. And there were, I would say, it was like a red carpet thing. There were so many celebrities. Oh, hey, Jerry, how you doing? And they're all talking <laughs> all this stuff. And so that's what you can anticipate. You're going to have well, a Well, I can't wait. Wedding. That sounds yeah. fantastic. Let me know when this is, and I'll try to be there on time. Didn't one of the Kardashians get like a Bentley the other day at a birthday party? Like Somebody, a some sheep just present. gave her a Bentley. Yeah, she yeah. got so drunk. I saw this on, I watched that show. What is it called? Uh, TMZ? Car- no, nah, uh, the Kardashians uh, Keeping reality. up with keeping the Kardashians. Oh, you know, I, you know I the I know the show, yeah. yeah. Never miss it. <laughs> Do you know that that's she snarky. has... Let's get serious for just a second. Yes. She has an uncle, and I don't, I'm not going to name him because he may not want this known, but he has difficulty hearing. Who's she? Really? And um, I hate you. Yeah. Like there's oh, a I special place in Didn't hell Can you talk for you. to him coming in here? Yeah. In fact, later on, we're going to have him on the show. <laughs> yeah. It's, what uh, did he yeah. tell you? What did he say to his, you? His name is Hubert. Hubert. Yeah. And, he but he has, well, he. He's I an elderly you. gentleman. I hate no, no. <laughs> <laughs> so what did Hubert well, say to you? Well, he said it's a coming to the door, just the nicest fellow. But he's going, going on, on and on about his hearing aid. He said, "This is the finest hearing aid money so can buy." <laughs> so I'm just trying to keep the conversation going. So I said, "What kind is it?" He said, four o'clock." I'm gonna, I'm gonna stab you, like right in the throat. <laughs> I can't, I can't anymore, ever again. <laughs> it's every. Freaking week. <laughs> Wait till next week. It's going to be the same joke. <laughs> hey, did you Spoiler one time, alert. you ever worked on a garbage truck? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Speaking. the king of segues, Gene Galvin. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of hearing aids, didn't you work yeah. on a garbage truck once? <laughs> For... For one day, yeah, actually, it was yeah when I was mayor. Yeah, tell us. Well, again, yes. I say mayor. I should have said oh, yes, mayor. Was. Mayor, haven't you worked on a garbage truck? Right. I would spend one day with each of the departments. You know, in the city of Cincinnati. In the city, yeah. So one day I spent twenty-four hours with the fire department. That was kind of interesting. Catfish, are you listening to this? This, this is, is how what you, you should do. be doing. Yeah. And so, and and then one <laughs> day with uh, obviously the police, one sewer, but yeah, once with the waste collectors, uh, waste collection department. That 
is work. Yeah. You know, that is true. I mean. Other than that, so, do you know any, like, hard, like, I, I'll that, say, honest, like, that's a hard day of work. That really is. I mean, I do not work for a living. I'm in show business. But. That's true. The guys, and I, maybe there are women, and honestly, I don't, they weren't at the time. Right. But anyway, the people involved in the, picking up your garbage, that is physically exhausting. That is hard. And you did that, as I recall, to just to know how the departments work yeah, and, and what a, a person's see job what, was see like. See what the work that. is. I know also to show support for the city workers. And, and also like just to suck up some free publicity to try to get elected again. Yeah. Oh, I said, please, no cameras. Yeah. <laughs> He's Forgive never me, said God, that I once lying. in his life. Never <laughs> yeah. has he said that. And well, once did. I did. <laughs> Turn that camera off, by God. <laughs> there was that one time. Yeah. Never mind. I stand corrected. Yeah. That's why I love this guy. Get that camera <laughs> out of my face. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there was one time. There was that one time. <laughs> but other than that, camera. <laughs> other than that one time. I mean. <laughs> and it's never mentioned or discussed as to what that one time was. Never. No. And, and, and isn't it weird? Um, it doesn't have to be doesn't discussed happen. or identified. Because we know. <laughs> the audience is all. Check. Yeah. <laughs> Testing one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, recently, uh, Donald Trump oh, was elected president elect of the United States of America. <laughs> you got four years. He will buddy. have a four year term. Uh, astounding everybody, including you. And on a previous episode, we brought in a crow for you to eat because you said ain't going to happen. It ain't going to happen. And hey, by the way, we want you to talk a little bit about the future of the country in the next four years, you know, what you see potentially happening. Um, we really, and we were talking about this driving over here, we're both in our early 70s, and we've been around politics forever. We met in politics yeah. in 1969. Right. And we both have been involved in politics nonstop from that time until today. That's true. In some fashion. Right. And now we're today we're, we're announcing our, we're quitting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hanging it up. Yeah. But no, it, is it not amazing what we still learn even at this age? Yes. First, because when I was in college, uh, you know, I majored in political science. But it's not a science. It's an art, you know, because you can't measure it. We try to, and, you know, we try to do, you know, the polling, and it, it's not a science. It's an art, and it's based on human relations, dealing with human fears and aspirations, whatever. But it, it, it's art. But, yeah, we learn all the time because every campaign people are running the last campaign, and therefore there are always surprises because the world changes campaign to campaign. What, what I think we saw... In um, this year's election of Trump, I said in the last episode we did that uh, the culture wars are over. The liberals won. The culture wars are over. And there will no longer be, uh, in American politics, the fight anymore between the left and the right, between liberal and conservative, because that is not where the battle is anymore. And I think we saw it, by the way, in both political parties. The beginnings of a, and sometimes not the beginnings, but the actual civil war in both parties. The Democrats dealt with it better. They came together um, by the time of the election. But the Republicans, the civil war continued through the election. It didn't stop Trump from winning. 
But the civil war is no longer liberal versus conservative. The civil war nowadays, the great political issues of the day are between the anti-establishment people versus the establishment, the powerless versus the people with power, the working class people against the one percenters, exaggeration of labeling them. But that really is the new battleground. And so it's in both political parties. Much of what Bernie Sanders was saying is not different than a lot of the people who had voted for Trump. They wouldn't want to be in the same room with each other, but the truth is their angst and their, what they worry about and what they want to fight over and are concerned about, it's the same thing. The people feel powerless. And how did this come about? Why are we suddenly in this anti-establishment mode in this country? The answer cannot be that people are suddenly against the government, against the establishment or whatever, because people are hurting for jobs. Because we didn't have this feeling during the Depression, which was many times worse. In fact, the people turned to the government for help, FDR, the New Deal. So you can't blame it on that. This anti-establishment, anti-institutional feeling, where did it come from? I would suggest it came after the Second World War, where we started to have a distrust of institutions. The first evidence of it was during the late 40s and the 1950s, where the McCarthy era, where, oh my gosh, they're communists in our government. Are there communists? Even McCarthy went overboard and said there were communists within our military, within the army. Remember the Army-McCarthy hearings? And that really was the first time that we really started to distrust. Oh, my gosh, you mean our own government? Could not, we couldn't trust our own government? And then go through all the things that happened in the last 40 years. We then had... Uh, I, I wrote these down. I was thinking about them. Here we go. Over the last years, we have had distrust of government, distrust of the church, distrust of Wall Street, distrust of entertainment, distrust of sports. And we go through this. First, you had the communists in the government. And then we had Vietnam. The whole Vietnam era, all of a sudden, oh, my gosh, we can't trust our government. Lyndon Johnson is lying to us. What is this Vietnam War about? They don't know what they're doing. I don't trust them. I'm going to burn my draft card kind of thing. And then after Vietnam, we had Watergate. What? The president of the United States? We can't trust him. We used to, boy, the president was it. Now you can't trust your own president? They're all crooks up there. Iran-Contra. Reagan. Lying to us about you know, selling arms for hostages. We had to have hearings on that. Reagan, who was this idol, oh my God, even he's not telling the truth? The election of 2000, suddenly you can't trust the Supreme Court. These nine members of the Supreme Court, they're being partisan, exactly, the five conservatives versus the four uh, liberals, giving the election to Bush rather than Gore even though Gore at the time had more votes. 
not at the time, required more votes. And then not just the Supreme Court, then the church scandals. So it wasn't just politics. It was, you know, devout Catholics. Oh my gosh, what's going on with the priests? What's going on in our church? So there was, you know, young people grow up starting to read about this or hear about this. We can't even trust our own church. 9-11, oh, why didn't they know about that? Can't trust the government to know when this kind of thing is happening. The Iraq war. We were told there were weapons of mass destruction. Can't trust the government there. Do you see what's happening? It's, it's almost like every few years there's something. And it isn't just the government. And it isn't just um, whether it's the church, the courts, politicians. What about the financial sector? Enron, Bernie Madoff, Wall Street. The last couple of years, of course, emails. In sports, steroids. These are our idols. What? You mean Roger Maris's record was broken by guys on steroids? We can't have them in the Hall of Fame? I mean, every institution that we look up to as kids and grow up to believe this is it, we can't trust. Who was more of a symbol than Bill Cosby in the entertainment field? Oh my gosh, really? So we have created a culture where it's becoming very, very difficult to have respect or trust, trust of any institution, any people that are in power. And then you wonder why you wind up with a Donald Trump is because there are people that say, I don't believe any of those people. Doesn't matter if you wear a jacket and tie. Doesn't matter if you have a title. It doesn't matter how famous you are. Uh, I don't trust you. And the longer you've been there, the more you're being mistrusted. That, I think, is the phenomenon of what is going on now. Now, what we have to do from here, the Trump presidency is here. What of those of us who are politically active, what do we do? And by the way, this burden is just as much on the Democrats as the Republicans. The first question everyone's now talking about, who's going to run in 2020? It's far more serious than who we get as a candidate. We actually have to have answers. And I'm not sure we've heard any answers now to the problems that the people are really complaining about. Because the old arguments that we used to use when it was just liberal versus conservatives, I don't think they relate to today's world anymore. I don't think we can go into old manufacturing areas, used to be Democratic areas, now they became Trump. Neither party can say, vote for me and these jobs are coming back. A lot of these jobs are not coming back. We don't make horse and buggies anymore. The world has become much more complicated. You know, no parent is telling their kid, gosh, I really want you to become a coal miner. We have new issues today, new technology. We're suddenly concerned about the environment. A lot of these jobs are not coming back, nor is globalization going away. You say you don't want globalization, and then everyone's walking around with their cell phone. 
communicating with everyone around the world, doing business with everyone around the world, buying this, looking at that. We're not going to go back to the 50s. The only thing good about the 50s is we were younger. <laughs> but other than that, it's, so we're being dishonest. Those of us who are in politics trying to get people to support us tell the truth. Most of the jobs, let's say, that working-class white men have relate to moving things, to some kind of transportation. The non-college-educated white man in a lot of these areas is making a living often driving or working in some kind of jobs where something is being moved. We are not far away, even going in, first of all, of having cars that, or trucks that don't have drivers anymore. Technology is replacing that. You're going to go through McDonald's, and when you, through the window there, it's not going to be a human hand coming out. Some machine is going to hand you the a cheeseburger. That's the world we're coming into. So saying, vote for me, and we're going to bring back these factories, I don't know. Everything now has to be, how do we prepare today's young people with the technology they're going to use in whatever jobs are coming in the future? That's what this is about, and that's not liberal conservative. I'm all in favor of raising the minimum wage. We should do that. But please, let's not think that that is going to save the anger and, and, and the distress that a lot of these people who voted for Trump feel. This isn't an argument about minimum wage anymore, and it isn't an argument anymore that vote for me and I'll bring this job back. Some of these jobs are not coming back. Let's tell the truth. And if we start focusing on that, educating everybody for the new technology right now, stop arguing about we can't have globalization. It's a losing argument. It's a losing argument. This world is flat now. You can't build the walls high enough that the only thing you're ever going to purchase and the only thing you're ever going to trade is something within this country. It isn't going to happen. And we know that's the truth, regardless of the political speeches you hear. So let's get good trade agreements, but we're going to trade. We're going to trade, and we're going to have different kinds of jobs. So right now, educate, educate, educate. That's the new battleground, not liberal conservative. You know, the other thing is, too, in all honesty, you, you hear it again and again, and people are trying to say, you know, like this, this progression is good or bad. You know, like you hear all the time people complaining, the globalization, this and that, it's, it's, it's bad for us. It's not a question of good or bad. It simply is. So we adjust with it or we, or, or we don't. Yeah. And if you don't adjust, you're left in the dust. So... Let and me by get the way, out my, my your flip phone, phone there, yeah. buddy. <laughs> Technology. Speaking of adjusting, and Jerry holds up a flip phone. <laughs> Hello, from 1987. It has to be turned on and charged there, buddy. Hey, by the way, Jerry, uh, and we're going to have Joe Fletcher come up here from Nashville, Tennessee, to do some songs for us. And as he's coming up, uh, I think we all would agree. We Democrats, we three happen to be Democrats. 
We have to give Donald Trump a chance now Absolutely. to unify and to lead, and we have to give him the benefit of the doubt. We did a lot of joking about him that he's kind of wacky, and, and I give him tremendous credit for how he campaigned, the use of Twitter, and he did a lot of th- big, big rallies. There were some things that were very innovative, actually. I don't know if they were innovative. Well, Twitter is. That's a new technology. But he promised some things. I wanted to just uh, pick your yep. brain on this for a minute. He promised some things. He promised there will be a wall. And when he says Mexico is going to pay for it, it was pretty clear what he's saying. If you really listen, he's going to like subtract it. They're not gonna, they don't have to give him money. He'll just subtract it from the aid that we used to give them. Or he'll take it out of trade deals we have. He'll just rip up the trade deal and dare him to sue us in international court. He promised a wall. He promised he's going to go. It sounded a lot like to me like boots on the ground to fight ISIL. He talked about uh, tearing up, destroying Obamacare. He talked about some stuff. And furthermore, he got elected because a lot of pissed off people were pissed off at Republicans who made promises, then got into office and didn't do them. Do you remember that? Yep, yep. That's how he got those votes. So he, he is stuck. He must deliver on a lot of the really edgy, far-out stuff that he talked about. Do you agree? This is going to be very interesting to watch. Well, I even saw it when we were doing the broadcast on election night because some of the— Trump supporters that were coming on to the program, to, you know, they were all And this happy and program excited. was for whom again? Uh, for Tele- British television. Okay. Uh, for, uh, yeah, Good Morning Britain. And they were coming on, and when I questioned them on, you know, all the horrible things about building a wall and all that, they would say, well, he's not, you know, he's not going to do it. He says something, but he's not really going to do it. And then Ann Coulter was on up there, too. Whoa. And, On that shame show uh, yeah, with you? Yeah. What's Ann doing? And what does she say? <laughs> she say <laughs> She's not doing me, I'll tell you that. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. Where, what's that? Where was, why did that, that happen? Well, that, that wasn't was, necessary. No. Why does my show? <laughs> because you. That's what we call gratuitous. It was gratuitous. <laughs> Anyway, what no. does she say to that? Does she push back on that? Well, yeah, she says, yes, well, he is. is, but that's going to be the fight within the Republican Party. That's the civil war that is yeah. going on there because the, the more rational ones are saying, well, we're not going to really deport them all. And then you've got the people that voted for him because they really like that stuff. They're going to get ticked off. And that's where the fight is really going to be. Now, could it be that he can be nimble and adroitly handle those pressures of the two sides of that civil war and find some middle ground and be a unifier and actually get stuff done. He has two houses of Congress with him. He's set up to be able to get some stuff done. And by the way, they will never do away with health care because we Democrats push that issue forward and they can mess around or repeal and replace. Yeah, they can't do anything me, without replacing 30 million it. people. They're not going to yeah. dump you. Like you said, you want to have civil strife. Yeah. They, they want to change it, but the, the problem is going to be they're going to have to come up, because they have all the votes, with something they can agree on. Yep. And that's going to be the real problem. But you cannot, they, you cannot survive one election if you suddenly took 20 million people off of health insurance. And sent them you back think to the emergency rooms. Now. And yeah. sent them back to the emergency yeah. rooms. It's, uh, yeah, that's not... So they will try to change it, and they may come up with some ideas, and frankly... 
anything can be improved. If they come yeah. up with a good idea, God bless them. We want to have health insurance for all people. So if they can come up with some ideas, great. But they're going to now find out it's a lot easier to give speeches and say you're against something than actually have to govern and come up with a replacement. It isn't like if there was an obvious better way to do it, you know, we wouldn't do it. The only philosophical issue there was the Republicans are, to a person, against single payer. You see, my view has always been, even when the debate was going on within the Democratic Party, we could have given everybody, we could have had health care for everybody with just one sentence in Medicare changed. Instead of starting at 65 or whatever, just change it to uh, one day old. In other words, everyone in America be on Medicare. It would mean, obviously, an adjustment in taxes, but overnight, without any new administrative issues, everyone would have, you know, people aren't complaining about Medicare, trust me. You know, no, I no. know that constituency. I, I see it every morning in the mirror. So, <laughs> so, you know, Medicare works, okay? Medicare works. So if it works for someone over 55, why wouldn't it work for someone who's 35? Yeah. So let's just do it. Why is this a complex issue? Philosophically, the Republicans have not wanted to do that. There's just something about the idea of government-run health care, even though every other civilized country in the world has it. You know, and people live longer in the other countries than they do here. But that's the battle. You're right. That's yeah. the battle that Trump is going to be facing, is they have to come up with an alternative. And yeah. they philosophically don't want to do Medicare for everybody, so they're going to find out how difficult it is to administer any other kind of program. And the scariest issue of them all is climate change. Oh, yeah. Because he's going to walk away from that. And I'm telling you, Republicans are playing literally with fire. Certainly with the millennials. This could yeah. be an incredibly dangerous thing for, for humankind around the world. And the poorest areas are the ones where the suffering will be the greatest. They are playing with fire with this issue. All right, we have Joe Fletcher. Let's hear it for Joe Fletcher. Let me quickly tell you some things about him. It's his second visit to uh, our podcast. We love Joe. He's from uh, Nashville, Tennessee. His latest album is, I love the name of this uh, album, You Got the Wrong Man. Uh, his music can be heard at his website, joefletchermusic.com. And uh, Joe, do a song for us, please. All right. We'll this one's called on Every side. Heartbroken Man.
place where the house once stood on the charge of wind and string. But by the age of five, I realized that daddy doesn't always wear his ring. And I remember what my mother mumbled as she slid a suitcase so slowly towards the door. If you suffer on behalf of a lover, your lover will suffer much more. And she began to understand that nobody gives a damn. But how can you stop to comfort every heartbroken man? Fletcher is music's at joefletchermusic.com. And Joe, you're out on the road, correct? I am. This is right at the beginning of a tour for me. I'm heading up to New England and back. Okay. Well, we're glad you're here, and he's at the folk school. So basically you're home. saying we're a warm-up act. <laughs> <laughs> I played here last night to warm up. Oh, yeah, for this. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, the folk school coffee parlor in Ludlow, Kentucky, is a great place where... Lots of touring uh, Roots music artists come through, and if you're ever in this neighborhood, you got to come by here. 
uh, do a second song for us, would you, Joe? You got it. This is one from the new record. It's called Florence, Alabama. All right. Yeah. 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 Casey Campbell yeah. back there with that. That's Casey yeah. from Florence, Alabama, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Turns out. Hillary's one vote. There he is. <laughs> In Alabama. In the whole state of Alabama. Yeah. All right, Joe Fletcher. Oh, okay. the prettiest bartender in the last bar in the south and I thought you were an angel till you open your mouth you put a brown bottle before me before I had a chance to speak you said you think you've had a rough one boy till this time next week we ran down the days of summer never saw the fall set in sometimes I'd pick up a newspaper or just put it down again we were living on that mountain for another month or more So they tracked me down on Eastern, took me straight back to the wall Letter after letter after letter I did send Waiting for a mission, stuck inside a tent Told you all about my visions of a wedding by the lake Maybe you never got them, maybe I was too late But everything the captain told us turned out to be a lie Somehow I made it this far, but I didn't even try Was sick to death of fighting for causes, just a shill Bring down the stars and straps and raise the fifty dollar bill. And when the war was over and they drive me back in town, everyone just rolled their eyes when I asked you. Be found. Well, I hear his name is Billy, and he runs a loaded dice. He talks to you like a puppy while you're drinking for half price. And then, not so many days before us as there used to be, and everything now gone adds up to all that's left of me. Should you ever darken my door, baby, I won't even know Ever since you changed your mind, I'm just not there much anymore Would you take us out on a song that Jerry and I believe and will be played at your wedding, Megan? <laughs> here's here's our vision. Oh, please tell me here's your vision. Here's our vision. Oh, I can't wait. When you come down the aisle, uh -huh. they will be singing. We all will be singing. Good night, Irene. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wow, that's that's just magical. Yeah. Thanks, Jim. <laughs> We're thinking, we're thinking that's magic. At the end, you drown. <laughs> <laughs> but go and ahead. Thank you, 
Jerry. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Awesome. Joe Fletcher doing Good Night Irene. Jerry Springer's going to come in on the second verse. Last Saturday night I got married. Me and my wife settled down. Now me and my wife have parted. Gonna take another stroll downtown. You've been listening to Tales, Tunes, and Tom Fullery, recorded live at the Folk School Coffee Parlor in Ludlow, Kentucky. Thanks to Patrick Kennedy for writing our opening song, and to you for listening. Check out our website at jerryspringer.com. Sometimes I take the great notion, sometimes I forget the word, sometimes I think great notion to jump in the river and drown